you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Well, well, well. We made it in to another week. We're getting mm-hmm. that much closer to the regular season. Welcome into El Huddle, everybody. I'm MJ Acosta Ruiz with my primo hermano, Will Selva. Yeah. Will, that, uh, I mean, people think that it's just, oh, we're in training camp. Oh, we're in preseason. But so much has happened already just yes. in the last couple of weeks since we got back to football action. I'm look, My head is sort of spinning a little bit. But I'm thankful we have this mechanism to sort of air out our grievances, talk through it. It's almost like our therapy session. It is a little bit of our football therapy session, right? And I don't know if we have any grievances. I guess we'll we'll find out. We haven't really delved in. That's why we we do the pod. So let's get into titulares, right? Let's go. Okay, so as you mentioned, lots of stuff happening around the NFL, right? And one of the things that was established out of Indianapolis is that Anthony Richardson will indeed Mm -hmm. be QB1. Yeah. Does this surprise you at all? Not at all. Not even a little right, bit. This is a no-brainer. I think this, I think this was the reason that they drafted this man, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really working on not calling them kids, <laughs> right? Because Don't. I feel like you're age yourself. Yeah, yeah. They're playing a grown man sport. This is no joke. Uh, but it's interesting because at the end of the day, they're like in their early 20s. Like I've got almost two decades on, on these guys. Uh, but you if you do feel that way like you're just a, a young pup coming into the league shortly after training camp you, you're gonna have some hair on your chest you're gonna feel yeah. it um and i feel like with anthony richardson all of his accolades and even all of the hesitation in he's a quote-unquote project quarterback he's going to need a little bit more time he's going to need some polish yes i agree but the colts also need a quarterback to start. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, this is the guy and you can't ignore how talented he was. I think we, the reason he had so much buzz was for a reason. So I'm not at all surprised that they named him the starter. And I'm really, really curious to see what it looks like. Um, keeping in mind that it's going to take a beat, right. To yeah. really see what the new look offense in Indianapolis is going to look like, but I'm excited for that. I love this for you Colts fans. Yeah. Mucha paciencia, right. That's what you mm-hmm. need there, which by the way, Talking about age, like I didn't know what my mom's age was until like two years ago. So <laughs> that was on purpose. Yeah. That was yeah. Right. So um either way, I agree with everything that you're saying. I think he is raw. I think what I wanted to see out of him in that first preseason game was how he would recover from making a mistake. Sure. He threw that interception and was he was able to bounce back. So that was important. Saw some good things. Uh his his mechanics might need some work, but sure. he seems to be a little bit further along than what they anticipated. And yeah. what the Colts needed was stability at the quarterback position. They've had so many different names there under center mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan, yeah. uh, 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 
Phillip Rivers, Ellinger. They've had so many quarterbacks since Andrew Luck was there, yeah. and they finally have somebody who uh, they believe is the future, and they yeah. – clearly stated Shane Steichen had said he's going to be our QB one for the entire regular season. And they're just going to have to go through the growing pains at this point in time, you know, and I think we saw some of that tantalizing talent that he has. I think, listen, and again, everyone has to understand, like, this is what the preseason is for. I rather see him throw a pig and and get a little shaken up now before we hit week one, right? Like, this is what this is for. I don't think you can take something from the preseason and be like, well, that's it. It's a wrap. Sometimes yeah. you can see signs, sure, but that's the opportunity they get now to correct those things before these games actually mean something on the schedule, right? So I, I, I'm not I'm not worried, um, but also rem- remembering that they are rebuilding around a young, brand-new quarterback. So yeah. take a second, but also take it in. Give this man the support that he needs. I think he's going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm really this. Also, I feel like preseason is the time for hope, not doom. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm okay with that because some people say, yeah. "Oh boy, you guys are cheerleaders for all the teams." It's like, no, you want to see all these teams do well. Right. Sometimes we speak, you know, francamente, right? But but mm-hmm. that's that's part of of what we do. We give an opinion. Yeah. We have one, and we'll see what happens, right? But yeah. I, I think there this is a step in the right direction. You totally. know that the owner Jim Irsay wanted to see this happen. Hey, let's stick with this kid. Let's see what he can do and maybe add optimism and hope there. Where where we're seeing this optimism and hope in places like New England because mm-hmm. they just ended up getting Ezekiel Elliott for no. a 1-year, 6 million dollar deal to help out Mac Jones and that offense which has some pieces there, MJ. What right. what was your take when you first heard this? Um, I thought it was interesting. And like, look, we haven't seen Zeke be that true RB1 in, in a little bit now. Yeah, and yeah, towards the end of last season, especially in the post, it was a little bit concerning. But I still think the talent that Zeke brings is one of the one of the most powerful and interesting things in the league. And I think infused into a brand new regime, a brand new team, like this could be really interesting. I know that Ramondre Stevenson last year came in and really assumed that role as the mm-hmm. lead running back. And I think like his pass catching ability was such sort of like his little superpower last year. But I think having a veteran like Zeke behind him, maybe they do like a running back by committee situation, right? Even if it's just one and two, sprinkle in the other guys in the depth chart to sort of relieve some pressure. Um, I, I I think it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting sort of mix there. And I hope that this signals a resurgence for Zeke, that we really start to see him in that full form that we saw him when he returned a, a few years ago. So I don't know. I think it's going to be, it, it's weird. It's always weird when you see a guy in a New Jersey and there's yeah. a lot of those this season, a lot of those. But Zeke with the Patriots, for some reason, I'm like, yeah, I guess that tracks. Yeah, and this was the first contract that he signed since his $90 million contract. And it reminds you of the investment the Cowboys Mm -hmm. made in him and reminds us about the running back market, which it seems Mm -hmm. like the dominoes are falling. And with Zeke, I think they're going to get a short yardage runner. I think they're going to get a guy who they can... Change of down back. Yeah, absolutely. Who they can yeah. hand the ball off to in the goal line situations, which I know 
Ramond, uh, Ramondre Stevenson yep. fantasy fans are freaking out about. I, I mean, I think Ramondre was in the top 10. He may fall off that list a little bit lower, mm-hmm. perhaps because Zeke will eat into those touches. But also too. keep in mind that Zeke is an excellent, excellent blocker. And mm-hmm. to have an extra blocker there for Mac Jones in those third down situations, yep. I think that will be invaluable. And yeah, again, they, they've got something going there. Juju, uh, Hunter Henry, uh, you know, Devontae Parker. It seems like yeah. they're trying to surround Mac Jones w- with the necessary pieces to totally. compete with other teams in the division. The the reality is they have to try to compete and and. Now with Mac Jones, he's got a new offense coordinator in Bill O'Brien. Yep. And there's going to be pressure on him to to produce. So I find this to be a, a good move for them, a necessary move. And it goes to show. I mean, they're they need to do what they can to keep up with with everybody else. 100 percent. I agree. I think everything is sort of like, let's wait and see, especially with the running backs. Um, the longer they're in the game, the less production they tend to have for better mm-hmm. or for worse. Right. Like that position is just, I almost feel like a thankless position. And you mentioned like his Zeke's attributes of like blocking as well. Like this is probably one of the, one of like the combo punches that they were really looking forward to in bringing in a guy like Zeke, not just helping out the younger backs um, that he will supplement, but also in the overall offensive scheme. So I think it's good. I like it. Yeah, and, and the Patriots had all of like 15 minutes to enjoy the spotlight. Right. Because right. here come the Jets <laughs> and they put the smack down and say, oh, yeah. Well, now we've got Dalvin Cook as they finally agreed to a deal. The Jets and Cook. And he's going to make $8.6 million. He came on Good Morning Football and he said that he wanted to be a part of something special and that they were building something uh, special in New York. And he said mm-hmm. that the odds were high that he would sign with the Jets. And that's exactly what he did. They are loaded in that running back room because there's some other guys there who've seen the who have seen the um, the field and have been very successful. Brees Hall, he's coming off of his knee injury, and it sounds like he's going to be ready for a week one. And mm-hmm. Michael Carter is there, and uh, Bam is there. Zonovan, they've got they've got Izzy, who's been performing well this this uh, preseason. So they clearly are all in too here to help out Aaron yeah. Rodgers and just this offense is going to be scary good. Uzama's tight end, Garrett Wilson out wide. This this all or nothing for them. All or nothing. I'm really trying to be, I'm trying to take my fan out of the equation. Yeah, you right got it. You got to take just that out for the purposes of this analysis, right? Of this particular headline and what the jets are doing. Right. Yeah. Um, I have followed and understood what Dalvin cook brings. He's a Miami boy. After all, went to Miami central high school, was a five-star recruit out of there when he was yep. heading into college. He's very, very good. By the way, he's another one of those guys that really is leaning into the Spanish. Remember when I was doing the, can you say your position in Espanol? Yeah. Dalvin leaned right in to learn how to say corredor, which is a position that has a ton of R's that you need to roll. (laughs) And he would not, he was insistent. He's like, no, tell me again. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to get it. He was great. 
Now he's got to go up against my team at least twice a year. So, you know, uh, well, I'll, I'm going to save the Spanish lessons for a little bit until we're not <laughs> friends off anymore. But I think this is this is huge. I mean, we saw what he did in, in Minnesota. I mean, he's just he's a tremendous, tremendous talent. And with all of, of the news that we've had and how undervalued the running backs have been um, to be talking back to back about two of the best in the game right now. I think this is this is big, especially within this division. And nobody needs a running back until they need a running back, until they yep. need to run the damn ball. And this is what we're seeing across the league, which is why I'm like, can we just pay these guys? Which, by the way, is a whole other topic that we already touched on in a few episodes yeah. ago. But there's a reason why now the teams are like, oh, yeah, let's go in and, and, and lock in Zeke. Uh, let's go in and lock in Dalvin and all of these other guys because there is a need for them. And they are... Yeah quite literal game changers, especially when things come down to the wire. So yeah, love, love his, um, pass catching ability, love the mm-hmm. burst, love his patience, yeah. uh, and yeah. catching passes out of the backfield. I, I think it's, it's a great call, uh, for, for the jets now mm-hmm. clear across the country, 3000 miles away. Literally. We yeah. know that the 49ers are set at running back with Christian McCaffrey yes. as long as he is healthy. And right now yeah. he has been knock on any wood that's around us. Uh, the concern though, there really is the quarterback situation backing up Brock Purdy, because it has been between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan. Let's hear from the Shan man and what yeah. he has to say about Trey Lance's performance in week one of the preseason. It got off to a rough start for everybody. I mean, three, three and outs for the whole um, offense the first three times. So I don't put that all in Trey by any means um, that the whole offense was sloppy to start. I thought he had a real good um, second drive leading there on the score. Um, Made a hell of a play on the touchdown. I know it was almost a hell of a play for them with the pick, but the last guy on a bootleg, um, it flashed and he put it on him. And that guy came in and tipped and made a good play. But fortunately, Dwelly was there. Um, wish we got that short yardage so he could finish that drive. Uh, it was hard to not put him in in the third. Yeah, that's well. right there. Courtesy of our friends at 95.7 The Game, great radio station up in the Bay Area. Um, yep. wait, look, I was watching uh, that game. You know how the Niners fans showed up uh, for that team in a preseason match in Vegas. I asked my friend, um, Aaron, shout out to Aaron, who's a huge um, Niners fan. I was like, hey, were you in that crowd of red I saw? He goes, the way we looked, I'm glad I wasn't. And I was like, ooh, ouch. Back to the calm down, it's the preseason. Mm -hmm. Relax. But, Will, I don't know about you, but I did not have QB battle between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold to back up Brock Purdy in Santa Clara on my bingo card. Like, what? Not many people did. Right. Not many people did. Uh, This is what I'll say about Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. I I think right now you have to give the obvious edge to Sam Darnold just based on the Mm -hmm. experience. Not to say he had this tremendous control uh, over the offense, but he has it more so than Trey Lance. And Trey Lance has been the victim of circumstance. You know, he came in not having a lot of game experience uh behind him and then he's gotten hurt here he is he's in his his uh third uh preseason and it just such an up and down day and it just feels like he's still slow at processing things Uh and while yes his mechanics his throwing is better 
it, it just feels like his mechanics still aren't where they need to be. And I think that Shanahan designed the offense to to suit Brock Purdy. And I think he said, okay, I'm going to use exactly the offense that I've used with Brock Purdy and use it for Trey Lance. Because you noticed a lot of it was Trey Lance from the pocket. It wasn't really him, you know, running around, which, which they was the did reason initially. they wanted to have him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, because of his his athletic ability. And mm-hmm. I just I, I just feel like those those grains of salt are going down on that hourglass on yeah. his chances to to get any meaningful reps with the 49ers. I, I mean, I think they're gonna for the next preseason game, they're probably going to switch around and have Darnold start and him sure. be with the second yeah. half. And, and in fairness to Trey Lance as well, that offensive line did him no favors. Mm-hmm. He was under duress a lot, which that's another point of concern for the 49ers is the depth of the O-line. So just giving it a little bit more context there. I know people have said, hey, they need to trade him, do something with him. I don't think there's a market, though, for him. That's MJ. what I was going to say. Where is he going to go? There isn't. Exactly. I, I don't know. But, you know, these first rounders always get a chance. Uh, a totally. second, third chance, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. Limitless um, um, opportunities for them, for sure, because of where they were drafted. But I think to that end, the Niners really want this to work with Trey. Not only because of what they gave up to jump up to draft him, um, but also because I think that they genuinely do believe in his ability. But I think once you start piling on injuries, especially, unfortunately, when it's so early on in your career, it does hinder you a bit. And I don't know why, but like in my gut, I don't think it's his ability necessarily, right? Unfortunately, he hasn't had the opportunity to really showcase that and to really go full speed, multiple reps, live game action because of the aforementioned injuries. Um, I think it might be maybe a mental block, right? It's tough, especially when all the eyes are on you, when there's all of these headlines, too. I do think that, like, for Shanahan, he has continuously proven that he's like, it doesn't matter who's under center. Like, I'm going to make it work. My offensive scheme isn't that good. I'm that good of a mastermind. And he's right. He yeah. is. But you still got to have <laughs> the building blocks there. Yeah. Credit to Brock for taking the opportunity and showcasing what he has. Like, this is not, he is the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Um, but now he's QB1. Good for you. I love it. I, I, I love this for you, Brock. But in terms of Trey's future, I think if any team understands next man up, it's the 49ers and they know that whoever is at QB two has to be ready to jump in at any moment. Cause also Brock is coming back from a huge injury too. So they have to have that insurance. Yeah. They need that insurance. And it sounds like he's now going to be throwing without any restrictions. Now he'll be Mm -hmm. able to Mm -hmm. throw the ball for consecutive practices. So uh, we'll see how the backup quarterback battle shakes out in San Francisco, but On the other side of the break here on the El Huddle podcast, MJ, we've got the Chargers play-by-play man. I can't wait. Adrian Garcia Marquez. Can't wait for that conversation. We delve into it. Stay tuned and keep it here on the El Huddle podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. MJ, we've got another great guest. Oh. Our compadre, right? That's oh. what we should call him. Uh, he is the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Chargers. In addition to that, he's calling things for Fox Soccer, MLS Season Pass. Mm -hmm. He does everything. Baseball, <laughs> you name it. It is a great pleasure to have him here on the El Huddle podcast. Let's give a warm welcome to Adrian Garcia Marquez. <laughs> Adrian. One of days. Hey, hey there, Adrian. Gran, gran gusto tenerte aquí. El gusto es todo mío. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And that. here's Absolutely. the thing. Like, people probably are putting, like, they're like, wait a minute. Like, they hear your voice and they can, like, recognize it instantly from some of <laughs> the most memorable sports moments, right? In Espanol. Most recently, the Super Bowl. Are you kidding? One of the craziest Super Bowls you've <laughs> probably ever seen. Um, oh. But this has been incredible. And I, I love that you're also the, the what we will call La Voz of yeah. the Chargers, um, <laughs> because there's so much buzz around this team Oof. every year. I feel like that's the case with the Chargers and some things always go amiss, but I haven't mm -hmm. felt it hit a peak like it has this preseason. So how does it feel to be one, the voice of the Chargers and, and really how, how are you feeling ahead of this season? Uh, la verdad, first and foremost, again, thank you very much for having me. Uh, un honor, and I know that this, uh, with 31 million Fresh new fans, Hispanic fans yeah. for NFL. Yeah. And Period. it keeps growing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By 2050, we're supposed to be at 250. Eh? We're growing. Ah, we're growing. Yeah. I, I yeah. appreciate being on this. Yeah. Uh, as far as Charger Power is concerned, uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, we use the word muy emocionante, no con el puro Charger Power as we get going. <laughs> um, I, I do believe that that we will have a, a great season. The buzz is 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 phenomenal. I mean, just just look at the the way things looked at the very end when CJ Okoye, who's part mm -hmm. of the International Pathway yes. Program, he started, yes. I rallied around him. That tells you everything you need to know about how the Chargers are feeling right now chemistry-wise. From one to the last guy, the last possibility maybe to jump onto the roster, everybody's rooting for each other. There's belief uh, in Inglewood right now that this is a Super Bowl contending roster. Just things have to fall into place. Right. But this is as talented on paper as they've been in a while. They're that. a talented team, Adrian, but there also seems to be that pressure, and it seems to be really heaped on Los Hombros, the, the Brandon Staley at yep. this point. Mm. How important is this season for him? I think it's ultra important. We all see it, right? You know, he understands it. But as an NFL head coach, we've seen it. We've talked to these guys. I mean, they right. know it's about the next practice, the next day, the you know preparation for next Sunday, the following game. They're not looking too far ahead. And I love Brandon Staley. I got to be honest with you. I mean, I got here right nice on guy. time. And then right as we got yeah. to the pandemic, we were doing games in an empty SoFi. Uh, I like the culture change that he brought with them. I mm. just saw it almost instantly. Just things changed. Whole new attitude. Everybody's accountable. He takes everybody into account. I know a lot of people have gotten on him about, you know, like when they criticize the fourth down situations and things like, oh, man, he's taking some crazy risks. But the guy delegates and he talks to his coaching staff. He talks to the players. And when guys say, hey, coach, we'll get you that first down or we'll make that stop on the Raiders. And if they didn't do it, that's not on him. I think the culture is there, though, to win. He knows that it's time to win. And 
I think the rest of the roster and the guys that are rallying around him understand this. And and I think we're in for a good season. And I think that this is very well the way that he's kind of worked it out where he handles that defense as that's his specialty. Now, Kellen right. Moore comes right. in and, and, and does these little adjustments with Justin Herbert. And we're seeing some very positive changes. I love that you mentioned culture because let's talk about la cultura, right? Yeah. Our cultura, because Adrian, you you have just been one of those figures, right, within the Spanish broadcasting space. Um, but I think we talk a lot about being from aquí y de allá, and to have that power, because I call it a superpower, to be bilingual, to to really reach our audience in in several languages. What led you to your career in broadcasting? It was an accident. Um, you know, it, it was crazy. I was supposed to be a high school history teacher. I was supposed to be that easy. No A's way. High no. And your baseball coach and your OC for football working with QBs. That was my master plan. Uh, <laughs> I started working for a radio station one day, Jamie Zinati. Le mando un saludo, Jamie Zinati. There, you know. I was one of those guys on those street buses. You guys remember those street buses running around? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I was the bumper sticker guy. So one day a DJ doesn't show up to an event. <laughs> Uh, I, I told I was a Jehovah Witness kid growing up. So they used to make me do like these cursos in front of the whole congregation. So I lost the fear for an audience when I was like 10 or sure. 11. Yeah. So I told the salespeople, hey, I'll grab the mic. I'll rock the mic with some Padres event, Pod Squad, WABC. So I grabbed it. Hey, get on the camera and start doing my thing, whatever. And from that day forward, uh, the boss said, hey, man, you're not going to be doing street team no more. We're going to put you on the air. So I was playing hip hop with Jess West from two to six in the morning. That opened up a doorway. That opened up a doorway to the San Diego Flash. The first 50 bucks at wow. Southwestern College yeah. calling soccer. Yeah. And then yeah. that opened up the door for the Oakland, eventually the Padre pregame show. And with the mm -hmm. Padre pregame show, I was able to open up a door by 2000 to get to the uh, to the Oakland A's. So I went from bumper stickers. This is how fast it happened. Bumper stickers in 1999, went 99 Padre pregame show. By 2000, I was the voice of the A's on opening day. And then by wow. just three, four, five months later, I'm on ESPN doing Sunday Night Baseball, Giants and Dodgers uh, making wow. debut on TV. Pasa así. I've, I've been living the dream. And yes, it happened by accident, but I'm living and loving mm -hmm. this act. I love That's it. not accident. No. That's not an accident. That's destiny. Like that yeah. you were meant for. I mean, let's do your voice. Are you kidding me? Like this was the path. <laughs> the that was just a, a window voice. of opportunity that opened up to you. Imita. And telling younger, mm -hmm. younger, you know, you know, people that want to go into broadcasting, be it host or play by play, whatever. Don't let anybody tell you, because I heard it all the time. They said, no, well, you got to go to Harvard. You got to go to Syracuse. You got to go to USC. You got mm. I went to San Diego City College, De Anza College, and then I went to a trade school for broadcasting because that's when I saw the yeah. opportunity. I ran with it and I got some education. I got some certification, but you don't need to have that, you know, Ivy League degree. You just need right. to have the yeah, Factor H, as you guys know what that mm -hmm. is. And the way I got the San Diego Flash job, I used Sega to make a demo. FIFA soccer on Sega, FIFA 95. <laughs> I stole the crowd noise from that Sega video. Sega Genesis? Sega oh, Genesis, yeah. 1995, FIFA soccer. Uh -uh. I popped in the, the Sega game. I stole the crowd noise. I put it onto a boombox. I did my play-by-play -play recording. America River, a game I pirated off of Copa Libertadores. And boom, there was my demo and the rest <laughs> is history. So don't let no one tell you you can't do it. If there's a window this big, drive an Optimus Prime semi-truck through that thing and transform it. Wow. One thing about Latinos, we are resourceful, honey. We're yes, going to make we it work. We'll you know the audience sound? Yeah. <laughs> no, we will, I love it, Will. We will wow. find ways. Adrian, uh felicidades right because you. what you've I done to get to this point and the journey you've taken uh is is nothing short of amazing so it's really great to talk to you gran orgullo para nosotros and uh, i'm curious in terms of the way you work uh 
mm-hmm. because I know like I dream in in Espanol, right? It's where yeah. my wife will say, oh, I heard you talking in your sleep in Spanish, right? Yeah. So how do you work? Do you well, think of things in Spanish, everything in Spanish, hmm. or do you think of things only in English Question. and then do it in Spanish? Yeah. Like how do you prepare for the events that you're calling? You know what? That's a great question because no one's ever really asked me that. Like, how does your brain function in this case? It functions for both. I think for us growing up, you know, with, with, with my case, Mexican parents, you know, my parents were strict in the sense that at home, my dad let us speak you know, uh, English or whatever we could, we did, but there was always that, especially with me, there was always that discipline. Mijo, necesito que hables español. No, dímelo en español. And, that, and that's mm-hmm. how it kind of kept it. And since I was a little kid, I'd be reading in Spanish or whatever. So my brain literally, no joke guys, is divided in half. Half the time I'm thinking and talking in Spanish, the other half, it's English and, and English. Sometimes when I'm broadcasting cables do get crossed, but I run with it. You know, like sometimes yeah, it'll happen where in that moment you're saying what you're saying. And so what? I throw in some pop culture reference, a song by the doors. But que la agarre el que la agarre el que no ni modo. You know, like that's how I roll. <laughs> it's not going to be yeah. like, you know, premeditated in that sense. It's just kind of like, you know, we be. have our yeah. gloss. We have our way of describing and, and it's English or Spanish. Sometimes it's Spanglish. You know, because I think nowadays, I think a lot of us have this culture as well, especially in this country mm-hmm. where you can make the match as long as it makes sense and you're having fun with it, but you're being genuine. Que la palabra, no ser genuinos. That's what we learned mm-hmm. from our okay. parents, yes. you know, grandparents. Hay que ser genuino y trabajador and everything else will fall into place. Adrian, are you first gen? Like, did, uh, did your parents immigrate here? Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad's born in Culiacán, Sinaloa. He okay. actually, you know, him and my parents, or my mom was born in San Diego, you know, she grew up in nice. Baja. And then yeah. that's when they I, I, I was born in San Diego, California by accident. They went shopping. Uh, yeah. it, it, we lived in Tijuana. They went shopping that day. I was two months early. I was a total premium, almost three months early. Hey, I wanted to get out. It was San Diego. And <laughs> You're ready to go. I, yeah. city. I was ready to come into the world. But yeah. <laughs> so I asked because like I, I we 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 talked to so many folks, especially like kids of immigrants, literally marking immigrant. Uh, Um, especially first gen right where our parents came to this country and they were like you have to assimilate you have to learn the language so i find it so interesting because that was similar to my experience too where my parents were like aquí se habla español yeah and everything in in the house was en español it was univision televisa telemundo like right all the telenovelas and noticiero everything was in spanish but the experience for so many of our peers was the opposite where they're like you need to learn english forget about the spanish like this is where we're here so it's interesting that you mentioned that your dad was like no well because there's some people there's some people that felt it was a great shame to have an accent or speak spanish it almost feels like estamos de moda right it feels Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. as soon as Ricky Martin came onto the scene. It seems like, okay, Latinos. Okay. I see you oh, now. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you forget about Richie Valens. You forget about all those, you know, that had opened the door already. Like, hello, stop. Right. Right. But right. I, I, I get it. And it's true. It's kind of, and it does, it seems sometimes like it's in phases. No guys, like, like mm-hmm. they'll be attentive to the Latino market. And then I said, Oh, all right, that's taken care of. Check that box. Vamos. And then Correct. Next. Yeah. And and yes. with us, with us, it's not that way. I think we, they, it almost like they leave us the cargo, no? Like, all right, guys, we opened up the doorway now, right. MJ, we, Adrian, you guys all have to kind of get going. Y a ver qué van a hacer con este rollo, no? Entonces, uh-huh. eh, empiezan eh, nosotros, pues, obviamente. We take that responsibility. We don't need, just like our parents, they leave us, a, I'm the oldest, right? So I would be, hey, hijo, a trabajar, cuida tus hermanos. So you got to sit there, do the homework, uh-huh. yeah, and be the extra parent. So I think we've already learn to recognize those moments when we're left with the responsibility, unwritten responsibility. And mm. I think that now 
as uh, part of this whole mundo NFL that we are a part of yeah. and that we're helping grow. I think it's our responsibility to just we don't need anybody to kind of coach us through this anymore. It's more like right. we know how to connect with our audience. Just let it be like the Beatles. We'll let it flow and like a forzar nada. <laughs> as my dad did back in the day. It's like no vamos a forzar que sean bilingües nada, pero quiero que hablen español. And honestly though, here's what's crazy. I'm the one that listened, being the oldest one or whatever, we have to, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But my brothers, my little brothers uh, and my sister, they speak a lot less Espanol than I do. Sure. And it's weird. Yeah. We're up in the same house. But it's mm -hmm. just, it's going to be whoever gravitates towards it. So the kids out there, think bilingually, be bicultural. If you can have three cultures, go ahead. I, right. I think the more the merrier and the more that we we demonstrate that part of that, that, that diversity, that's the most important thing I've seen out of the NFL. And look how beautiful stadium. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rams. Es otro rollo cuando se trae los Rams. Yeah, Rams tells you can have it when it's your house. doesn't feel like my house. There's a much better vibe with the Puro Charger Power and the Powder Blues. Como que está mucho más elegante, más lindo, está mejor el restaurante. Un caché. Tiene un caché, as my mom would say. Tiene su saborcito el Heriberto Touchdown Shop. I see it, Adrián. And so, you know, we, we talk about how, how like, our parents – said, aquí se habla el español. Yo era el menor, okay? So I'm the mm -hmm. outlier here in this conversation. Right. <laughs> I was the youngest, but it was the same thing. Aquí se habla el español, sino el pau pau, right? And so <laughs> uh, for me, that's how how we how we grew up. But it's, it's funny that I think people sometimes think that Latinos have to fit a certain right. look, a certain mm -hmm. sound meaning so for me it's like okay william okay that's my name but you know, people like wait wait a second i don't know selva means la selva right like like jungle yeah. but but uh -huh. unless it's unless it's pedro carlito because people th people always say that it's like why not pedro carlito it's like well no i'm yeah. will that doesn't make me any less any less right you know and that's yeah. that's no. kind of we come in all shapes and sizes and that's always the message that i tell people it's just just because my skin's a little wider doesn't mean i'm any less latino right and that's what's really important we have gran cultura right yeah yeah there's a spectrum yeah. and i there's agree with you you know sure. Yeah, yeah, and so look, SNJ, because I mean, you, you see, even re reporters you shot the other day, uh, you know, a guy making a mistake, assuming that because he saw a kid look a certain, you know, like a prototype for him for the mm -hmm. interview for the Mexico game, and he asked the kid, and the kid is like, "What?" You know, like, hey, <laughs> but, you know, you can't, you got to yeah. be careful, you can't prototype because you're right, you know, and yeah. that's what it is that we're not, we don't come in one shape, one color, or. One acento yeah. en español. We all have a little bit of a yes. different acento. A veces caribeñito, sometimes it's more sudamericano, whatever, but we're right. all in this juntos. Look, look how we all gravitate towards each other in the business. You know, like, yeah. like we'll, we'll yeah. be working. And next thing you know, we're all lined up. Like, you know, como dice, Dios los cría, ellos se juntan. No? So it's kind of like yeah. where, where you feel that, that, that. I love our community in the NFL in particular, in sports in general. But I like what I, I've seen, especially out of the NFL. I think you guys have done a really good job. I, I know that we try to do it as play-by-play -play and analysts and a bunch of pintos, yeah. uh, all for it as well. <laughs> and my colleague, Roli Cantu, my brother, you know, we're all about, we love about, Roli. about, about pushing yeah. it positively, right? And and, and being yeah. there and being in here. If kids want to hit us up, I know we have guys in Senado, these kids do a great job called Piloto Football, and they have this vision. And I like what they're, I like the energy that I'm seeing out of that next generation mm. that's going to come and pressure mm -hmm. us out of a, if we don't, hey, cuidado, we don't do our cuidado. job. Cuidado. Right 
Ahí vienen 20 que nos lo van a querer quitar. Ya like no, mi alma. 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 No, mi too but it's like where you talk about this next generation the next 20 right who want to quote unquote take our jobs i can't wait for the day when that's not the case when there is so much more room to have a multitude of latinos from all different parts of the world being in the same space to show that true representation right because i think in so many capacities it's like to what you were saying earlier all right we got a couple we checked the box we're good in like so yeah. many instances when it's like no more of us aside from what we bring culturally the work that we've put in the expertise that we put in and the talent that we put in is very very valuable we're also the fastest growing demographic yep. if you're just talking united states which of oh, course yeah. now even the nfl is not just a sport here it's global um so to that end you've of course called the super bowl you've called the world series you've called the world cup is there a, a favorite one that stands out more in well, your mind you know what there is a favorite moment and it has nothing to do with the championship and i know that this is kind of blasphemy for a broadcaster especially a play-by-play guy who's <laughs> been privilegiado la verdad Diosito ha sido muy bueno conmigo having these events and having these opportunities but kobe's last game guys Kobe, oh, I got to call wow. Kobe's last game as My the voice heart. of Los Lakers for for six wow. almost seven years there, and and I got to call El Macho's last performance, and it was it's still to this day when people ask me what was that like, it felt like a dream, it felt yeah. like a dream, and yeah. it's still still something can pass this concept. Kobe being Bryant, I mean, yeah. it, it it was magical. I mean, again, like you you said, MJ, I was like Super Bowls, que puedo pedir un Super Bowl, Diositos yeah. grande, you know, you get a couple Super Bowls in there, some World Series, whatever, get to cover the World Cup. Uh, but but Kobe's last game, you know, it, it, it's just it was just something else. It was something else. Like I said, that day, the moment we wake, wake uh, woke up, we all we've all discussed this. Right. Like, how did it feel to you that day? Well, it, we all come back to it felt like a swing. you like from the moment you were already in it, something mm -hmm. felt different, like you were in some movie and it was Kobe's yeah. movie. And there was a magic in the air. And and lo and behold, it took over. It took over that night. And 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 I think for me, that's probably my most favorite broadcast ever is wow. getting to call Kobe uh, Kobe's last yeah. game. Yo, did, did Kobe, yo, yo sé que él habló el italiano también, pero oh, habló yeah. el español. Yeah. Did he speak Spanish? Oh, did he speak yeah. Spanish? You guys want one? You guys, you, you guys want a you guys want a little quick macho memory? All right, yeah, let's go. Come on, this will make this will make all the Theos out there proud, especially Vanessa's Theos. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were you know when 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 Pancho Pinto and I were broadcasting for Lakers, you know Mitch Kupchak, we earned the confianza with Mitch Kupchak that he let us behind the door, let us in behind the door before yeah. the rest of the media. So we were there privy to practice to a lot of the stuff that was happening earlier in the day before the rest of the media got in there. One of those occasions, Jordan Clarkson, Tolo Puppy, Brad Eyed Bushy, <laughs> instead of proving himself in the NBA, he's marking up on Kobe. Y que no le arrebata la naranja al macho. He takes Kobe's ball. Like, you know, Kobe was you know, trying to get to the Ooh. rack. Kid took and swipe it. And Kobe goes, oh, he grabs the ball. And he, can I say it in Spanish? Can I, I can't curse. Yes, can I? you sure. Yeah, I you can do whatever you oh, want. Yes. Yeah, we'll fix it Kobe close. grabs the basketball and he goes, <laughs> halfway across the court. Ooh. I got up, no joke. No, I got up like this, like, and a tear <laughs> coming in my eye, like, ¿Qué, qué eso? and he just looked at me and he winked, like, I don't like, 
Donde sí, para que veas que estoy Macho, yeah. So he would speak wow. Spanish for sure. And, and one of the best things, in fact, I have this out with Herbert right now. Así que, Príncipe Azul, if you're listening, you're next. We're due. Uh, I dropped the challenge on him. So Kobe, when we first did that first interview for when it was Spectrum and Time Warner, when we were starting out with Laker TV, uh, I, I said, hey, lo hacemos en español, macho. Que no, no. Give me a year and I'll do the whole interview in Spanish. But give me one season. Dijo, okay. Entonces lo hicimos normal, back and forth, bilingual, whatever. The next year, we're at media day. Y que onda, listo. He goes, tú dale. I knew right there, tú dale, it was ready. Wow. The whole interview, en español, impecable, Kobe Bean Bryant, impecable. Great. I mean, that just tells you the type of, of, of Stone Cold killer he was, that whatever he put his mind to, the guy got it done. And obviously, the Italiano helped with the transition and a lot of the way that he speaks yeah, español. Sure. But, yeah. uh, Kobe was that type of guy. So I told Herbert, hey, Kobe did this. Espero un año. So I'm giving you a year. And he said, all right, I'm down. I'll do the interview in español. So hopefully soon. We'll have an interview on Puro Chargers with Justin Herbert, Puro Español, or most of it. Oh, would you be uh, teaching him? Adrian? No, no. So, so took, would you he, be? He actually told me he took Spanish courses uh, through his school growing up. He gravitated towards Espanol, so it's not alien to him. It's it, it's something like it, it's como like Manny Ramirez with the English. Like Manny spoke a lot more <laughs> English than he led you to believe. He just didn't want to be dealing oh, with yeah. the media. Yep. And I don't think this is the case with Justin. It's just that he's just. He's, he's, he's niños. He doesn't show you all the cards that he's got going on, and and uh, and I think that's okay. one of those things he has bajo la manga. There's a more to meet the eye than than the Príncipe Azul. He's gonna be batting with Kendricks with the shampoo y todo el rollo. Vamos a ver. <laughs> he's an enigma. Yeah, well, well, Adrian, I, I feel like there's now we're seeing around the NFL guys who are wanting to speak Spanish. That there is huh? really this thirst, this hunger to want to talk. And Espanol, and we saw Marvin Jones uh, do it when he did a post-game interview. It just feels like more and more players are gravitating to the language. Well, you mentioned Marvin Jones. I mean, I was there that night. Uh, I was calling that game for Amazon when he when he pulled that on us. I was like, we don't care. But again, back to doing the tarea, eh? What I said, tu tarea, right? With the parents mm -hmm. fixing your head. Eh, I found out that with Marvin, he spent time in Spain. When he got to España, he All dropped right. a challenge on himself to spend six weeks, give himself six weeks cut out of his vacation time or whatever he was doing in Spain. He cut out six weeks to learn Espanol first so he can immerse himself in the culture while he was there. Yeah. Therefore, he was able to do that interview for, uh, with us. So, and no te sorprende, el Marvin Jones. I love that. He was ready to roll. Impresionante. It's never by accident. I love to hear that. Um, well, okay, my friend, before we let you go, was there a top moment from the Chargers season last year? Also, what is the Spanish translation for Chargers? You know, all of all of the teams have it. I'm like, it's not eh, los cargadores. No, no, I mean, Chargers, eh, siempre han dicho los cargadores, no? From Car it one, is car the literal one. Okay. Cargadores, yeah. But yeah. I've never, honestly, like, this was the rule back to the Espanol in the house, right? My dad, said, pueden decir Padres and Chargers. And I'm like, apa, Padres is already a word in Spanish, you know, yeah. like, dude. Uh, but that's it. But Chargers, right? So Los Chargers, Los Chargers, Los Chargers. In los fact, Chargers, in my house, yeah. Sundays, que en paz descanse mi mamá. She's the one. It was my mom that got me into the Chargers. Not even my dad. It was mom. my mom. Back in 82, yeah. 83, mi jefita, she, she started, she loved the Chargers. Y entonces ella decía, it's Charger Day. Pónganse a limpiar el cuarto. It's Charger. I don't want anybody making noise at 1 p.m. <laughs> 1 p.m. Right. <laughs> and if we clean up our room, we got ourselves a carne asada burrito supreme as the premio. That was my premio. Four yeah. tacos, a big carne asada supreme. Boom. A ver a mis chargers. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but, it, but it, it, it comes down to that. So I think it, it, it's, 
as far as the Chargers moments are, are, are concerned, I think for last year in particular, um, it, fue, it's going to sound weird, but I think it's the moment that changes everything. It's dropping that mm. 27-0 and letting that lead get away from them. I don't think Justin Ooh, okay. Herbert nor anybody else in that locker room ever wants to experience that ever again. Yeah. They have that taste in their mouth. They had seven months to to get over that, and I think they're over it. I don't hear anybody talking about or lamenting the fact, yeah. but I think yeah. – that wasn't my favorite moment, but that's going to be, I think it's a pivotal moment for the Charger culture yep. moving forward that, you know, they got humbled, you know, in, in that sense. And they all know it. But as far as like momentito favorito, to be honest with you, there was there was uh, there was just a lot of stuff going on last year. But yeah. I think one of my favorite moments, honestly, is like I'm in Miami and to my friends at Telemundo. And, and I know you guys know all the all the great people that do stuff there for Telemundo NFL and all that. Yeah, we have to do some magic, the magic of television. So I'm in Miami. And I'm doing the Chargers-Dolphins game from Miami because I was doing uh, Sunday Night Football as well and all that stuff. How did but I know I was going to come down to this game? Wow. Fan, by the oh, way. My Go, on. Go on. Go on. See, see, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Que vergüenza. I set myself up for this. I set myself up. And, 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 but that's the, that was the whole, the whole key with the whole vibe, right, is that we'd been broadcasting games uh from miami pancho was wherever the chargers mm -hmm. were at and we were simulcasting it as if we were in the same booth and that just speaks volumes to pancho pinto as well as an analyst to mm -hmm. understand my cadence and my timing of when to jump mm -hmm. in we were ever free and all that stuff but that for me that was the favorite thing that happened for me last year in the charger season how the chargers accommodated un servidor so i can grow as a broadcaster still you know That's do awesome. whatever i had to do with my friends at telemundo and amazon uh but still complete con mis chargers so again back to the work in mexicano you know like hey yeah. we'll find a way Seriously. to do it yeah. and we'll make it work and we'll have that pyramid built by tuesday baby we're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> Adrian. Moment, i think it's just living it like that through the chargers through the yeah. whole process of everybody in the nfl coming together that was my favorite thing from last year adrian que sigues adelante this has been a great conversation so glad to see you do what you do you're crushing it doesn't matter what sport it is Right. I'm jealous of the pipes. You have an incredible voice. Uh, like gran, gran orgullo. Uh, felicidades uh, en todo. And and honestly, this has been a fun, fun conversation. MJ it feels like it feels like familia, right? It feels like we're just hundred percent. Well, right? now he is. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Adrian. We appreciate you. Gracias, Adrian. A ustedes son y, y, y lo tienen correcto. Pura familia, as we say at Chargers every Sunday. Pura familia. Bienvenidos, este, and, and, and thank you for having me, and, and thank you for what you guys are doing as well, and, and la contribución a la cultura de NFL que va a seguir creciendo. Again, we're back, mm -hmm. 31 million strong, going Woo! norte, baby, Vamos going. Al norte. So thank you, appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Thanks, Adrián. We will see you soon. Gracias, Adrián. Adiós, compa. Adiós. Wow, what a great I conversation. Just the instant connection that we all felt and that's how 100%. i've always felt when i talk to other latinos like him who are really making a difference uh, in the broadcasting industry and really being a role model for yeah. a lot of people including ourselves uh, it brings us yeah exactly um so this gets us to e punto where we put a little mm -hmm. bow on uh, the podcast and what really surprised us or really got us to jump out of our seats during this first week of the preseason. For me, my punto has to be Damar Hamlin, seeing him oh, out there yeah. running around, making tackles. I thought there was going to be a time where we didn't know whether he was going to be able to walk again. And right. 
to see that was so inspiring, so cool. And we were on the 24 um, seven uh, update mm-hmm. uh, shift to see how, how he was progressing and doing and to see where he is from what had happened in Cincinnati. To me, that was the best. So that's my E punto Demar Hamlin. Bienvenidos. Welcome back, my friend. I know. I love that. I just kept thinking, like, sort of watching, especially on um, Instagram and social media, like, posting, like, imagine the the mental space you have to be in to understand why the fans are cheering for you and the trauma that you went through, but also Mm. locking in to football activity. Like, that's, I'm so proud of him and, like, excited for what's to come in the season ahead and more so just excited that he gets the opportunity to play the game he loves. So that's a great it's a great pick. Um, for me, my favorite moment of the preseason didn't happen on the field technically. Oh. It happened on the sidelines. And it was at that um, Niners Raiders game in Las Vegas where um, Sydney Warner, who was Fred Warner's um, wife, wore this amazing epic T-shirt that said Por Vida. And it was a photo of Fred holding up La Bandera Mexicana at Estadio Azteca. And I was there for that game last year in, in La Ciudad yeah. de Mexico. And I was like, girl, you better. You know, she's Latina. She's actually half Dominican. Okay, period. So it's like an Afro-Latino <laughs> household. Um, you love her I already. Love that. I lo- <laughs> right. The moment I met her, I loved her instantly. Um, but I love that. Like, that's what she chose for, like, the first um, moment, you know, out on the sideline supporting Fred, who has been so huge, um, especially showing that, like, wide depth of representation within the Latino community. And I was like, Sydney, you get a girl. You understood the assignment, repping it out there. And, and the two of them have told me directly that they really are leaning in more so in, in representing it outwardly, um, aside from what how they live their daily lives, that they are part of the community and they, and they really love the Latino fans too. So that was my favorite moment Excellent so call. far. Um, it's going to be really cute. We hope to have them on the pod soon because I yes. really want to you guys Federico. learn more about their story. Federico and Sydney is going to be great. <laughs> but that's my punto. We have so much more. I'll probably, you know, I'll pick more that have to do with the field once we get into the regular season. For now, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy the little moment of La Cultura, even if it was from the sidelines. But we have a lot more to get into mm-hmm. in the coming weeks as these rosters start to get cut and slimmed. Um, we'll dive into more on what we see on Hard Knocks 2 with the ever-elusive Jets. They're being mysterious, even though all eyes are on them at the moment. Um, so this will be great, Will. I love our therapy sessions every week. Love that Adrian came <laughs> to hang with us. Me too. Uh, we're invited. I think we're invited to like a Nesada. Yeah. Is what I gathered from that yeah. conversation. No, me and, too. Vamonos. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, please enjoy, download, subscribe, and share what we share on social media. And let us know what you want to hear about, too. We love having you here, part of our El Huddle um, comunidad y familia. Well, until next time, I'll see you soon, mi hermano. Okay, prima hermana. Nos vemos. El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.